Welcome to Earth Matters, environmental justice stories from Australia and around the world, produced in the studios of 3CR on Wurundjeri Country in the Kulin Nation in Nam, Melbourne, and broadcast across this continent via the Community Radio Network. I'm your host, Beck Horridge. Today is the Earth Matters World Disability Day special with Demold's Insights on peer-to-peer support for people affected by anything, including weather extremes such as fires and floods. The show was made in Lismore on the lands of the Widjabal people on the Bundjalung Nation and in Newcastle, Mulebimba, on the Awabakal Nation and on Ngambri and Ngunnawal country in Canberra. You'll hear the chants and songs from the Newcastle Coalport Blockade. Demold, welcome to the 3CR special broadcasting for World Disability Day. And everybody who's broadcasting today is disabled, including moi. And I've rubbed in some of my Voltaren this morning, so I'm not quite so sore as usual. I've been working so hard. Too hard because I'm just always called into trying to save the critters and and have a biosphere that will exist in the future draws me into activity and pain with my disability. How yeah. are you going, Dee? Uh, I'm going very well. I've I've been um, hiding from activism for a few months, uh, but I've been working in a mental health drop-in centre, so. I've been working on my own and other people's mental health, which I value um, in a similar way to how I value activism. So, yeah, predominantly working in the flood zone. The flood zone is where 3CR first found you back in 2022 post-flood. We did two shows with you, Dirt Radio and Earth Matters both. We both featured you there with your... Amazing, uh, well, with your, with your, with your, with your story of the flood. I think when we spoke, we was trying to offer people very practical, real support with their housing. And, um, you know, I took this role as a way of continuing support for the flood affected community. And now I still work in Woodburn and I council in my own sort of way, mostly flood-affected people. I'm a peer support worker. I live in the flood zone. I exist in the flood zone. Uh, I've only been out of the flood zone for about a month since we spoke when I went to England. So, you know, um, yeah. What do the words health sovereignty mean to you? Well, for me, I'm currently working in mental health with flood-affected people as a peer worker. And so as I very much identify as somebody with mental health conditions and a flood-affected person, that puts me in that group and enables me to support sovereignty for that group of people. And whereas I totally value the input of clinicians and all of those type fields, I think it's very important that 
you know, people with health conditions and people with disabilities get support from their own community. And that's what I'm currently doing. So I, I feel the same way about that with my physical disability. I think it's really important for people with disabilities to be able to access support from people with disabilities. Because no matter how um, qualified somebody is, peer peer support is someone who understands, you know, your journey a bit more. So, um, yeah, that's what that's what I do, and that's sort of my take on, you know, health sovereignty, disability sovereignty. You know, we we all. We all deserve to be able to take control of our own health, mental health, physical health. And as I've had such a, a, you know, I've had a a physical disability and mental health problems for most of my adult life. And um, I'm pig-headed enough that I have wrestled control of that stuff away from health professionals and steer it myself. So what it is. Um, so do you think having peer-to-peer workers like you would minimise some of the harm that the, it's, the system has been found, um, like in reports that have come out recently that, that examine the effect on people of the health system? Uh, yeah, the health system can, be, can do damage. I have experience, you know, personal experience of that. Um, for me, where I see the value of peer support so much is, um, you know, I describe it as the flood zone, but basically it's the aftermath of a, you know, a, a, a massive weather event that was caused by climate change. And, um, you know, certainly turbocharged by climate change. So the people who got caught up in that and the mental health they ended up with in the aftermath of that, are better able to support themselves because I see some very, very qualified people and often those people get amazing results, but often they just don't get it. And when, for me, when I sit down with someone who went through it as well, there's a bond and there's an understanding that enables safety between us. I've got an injury to my branchial plexus, a spinal injury, and it's a rarer, a spinal injury is not rare, but I very rarely come across someone with a branchial palsy the same as mine. When I do, I know they get it, <laughs> um, you know, and that makes me feel safe. And that enables me to talk to them in a way that I would struggle to talk to, you know, a very qualified surgeon even. I know he understands physically what's happening to me, but I've yet to be put in front of a surgeon with paralyzed arm so he can well understand the physical effects and i I value his input and i have had surgeries on it and i've sought the care of those people but they don't understand what's going on for me same i'm in chronic pain constant chronic pain um i sit with people and talk to them about that pain. And they know I get it because while we're talking, I'm grimacing. <laughs> so they know I understand. I might not understand the science behind pain, but I do understand what it's like to constantly be in pain. And I think I'm able to offer support around it coming from that angle. So, yeah, health sovereignty. 
Demold, I know that you have bought a pedal canoe, which I'm interested in because I had to quit canoeing a long time ago, and I too am heading to the people's blockade of the world's largest coal port, which will have happened by the time this is broadcast. I'm hoping to meet up with you there. How have, how have your plans been going? Well, as you said, I bought a pedal canoe and that, you know, I can't paddle, you know, because of my paralysed arms. So, you know, like all things with disability, there's a way around it. Normally those things cost a bit of money. So I have bought a pedal canoe and I'm going to pedal it out into the harbour in front of coal ships. Um, Yeah, I'm a little bit anxious around it, but I just came across a paper at work that was about climate anxiety and how um, how worrying about climate change and if what's happening to the planet can affect people's mental health. Um, I like the term post-traumatic, uh, pre-traumatic stress, you know, which, which I love. Um, so reading about climate anxiety and how to treat it at work really surprised me. Because what the peer-reviewed paper suggested was the best treatment for people suffering from, you know, climate anxiety was to group together with other people who have climate anxiety to pretty much mobilise, to take action so that they feel empowered and less anxious about it, so that they feel like they're doing something about it. And me with my activist brain reading this stuff it sounded very much like a call to action no i don't think it was written from that angle but it was very hard to read it not as a call to action for me as well with with my physical disability when i got involved with activism i was in a different headspace to what i am now but i went there i took action i joined a community that didn't care that i had a disability and that empowered me to go around my disability and often sort of forget about it. There was more important things on my mind. And I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> yes, I remember you at Malls Creek. It was a decade ago when we tried to stop the Whitehaven coal miner. Yeah, but I you know what? So. I never noticed that you only one, one of your arms was active. I just, I just thought you were the most fit activist climbing up things and really putting your heart into it. Isn't that incredible? I didn't find out until about a decade later. You had yeah. to tell me. And I'm no longer that fit. <laughs> it, was, it was a decade ago. I've aged a bit. I'm no longer that fit. I, I can still scramble around a bit, but, you know, a little bit slow. Oh, I can um, still crawl under. <laughs> yes, and probably get up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, it was a while ago. It was a while ago. We all worked really, really hard. And a lot of people's uniqueness was not really noticed because we was all pulling together, you know, to challenge the, one of the biggest problems we face as a society, you know. Um, you know, I got we all got pretty fierce. I've been thinking deeply about activism and disability from my own context 
in preparation mm-hmm. for this. And one of the wonderful things about not being able to do everything is that you get some time to perhaps follow your passion and follow your heart. And mm. there's this massive hole in the system of trying to fix problems like global heating. You know, I cannot believe that saving the world's ecosystems and all of the services they offer us like clean air and clean water has been largely left to volunteers. That mm. is incredible and a big economic mistake as people are realising now. But what it's meant to me is that there's always been so much that needs doing, but people who are in paid jobs with paid job descriptions don't have time to do it. So Mm. you just have the time to follow your heart and nothing left to lose because most people aren't going to employ you anyway. So you're sort of free to be on the front line in some way and then constantly pushed. What can I do? All right, I can't climb a rope. Or no, I can't sit in front of a computer or fix this solar system. But what can I do? I'll do washing up with one arm. Okay. You know, that's what I did over New Year and Christmas once there. It was a wonderful experience with uh, Murray Dresler there. Absolutely. With you, I'm free and up time. You know, um, I, I picked up my disability, you know, my physical disability when I was 20. And exactly like you say, got plunged into a void of intermittent employment. And, um, that wasn't always a positive situation until I went to, well, I went to the Pilliger first, but until I became involved with the crew of people I became involved with. And then um, suddenly I wasn't judged on my physical disability or even my mental health. You know, uh, all, all my um, all my strangeness was put by and I was judged on my contribution to the group. And um you know, even people who wasn't really um, able to contribute, you know, there was a, everyone was found, you know, we was, we prided on ourselves on inclusion and being able to find roles for anybody, you know, mainstream society is not so very good at that, is it? It puts people on the, on the, on the rubbish heap and then complains. You're listening to Earth Matters, broadcast nationally across these stolen lands via the Community Radio Network. I went to the blockade of the world's largest coal port at Mulebimba, Newcastle. It was a hectic few days and we didn't get a chance to talk until we were back home again. So we're back. I, I, we're rested. We're home, Dee. How are you yep. feeling? Ooh, well, I slept well. <laughs> and um, yeah, my daughter's still resting pretty much and we've we're home, so yeah, it was a pretty much a success, I think. The biggest obstacle for me was getting my luggage there. I think I think a big thing for me is the way I've got so used into that mindset of, hey, I've got no problems, no barriers, so that I can do it. 
you know, that it can it can be hard for me to say, oh, yeah, you know, it was hard because, because I'm just like, yeah, I can do that. So, but um, there was definitely some challenges, eh? Well, certainly the site was quite challenging. It, for people on wheels, the event was essentially on a beach with sand and I didn't see anybody with wheels mm. down there. It's the nature of the event, though. The organisers can only do as much as they can do with the context and situation. Yeah. I'm I'm sure if somebody who was relying on a wheel device of some sort had had have wanted to attend, they, you know, I I I found the organisers really supportive. I'm sure if somebody had have reached out and said I want to attend the event, anything, you know, and when you registered, there was access requirements. I put a couple of things down, you know. I'm sure if I'd have said that I had serious mobility issues, then that would have been. You know, I would have been supported with that. So I, I, I know the Rising Tide crew, they're so um, supportive. They supported me. They actually provided me with a free psychologist for about probably two and a half hours. And I sat on a beanbag with them. You know, can you imagine any other event organizers su- supplying you with a free good psychologist to support your mental health if you were struggling? You know, I, I I can't believe how well I was supported. I really, really honestly can't. Um, you know, it was amazing to see everybody pulling together and putting differences behind, you know, and just going for the common goal. I, I ran into some personal stuff that triggered me into almost a full-blown mental health episode, and I was supported through that, you know, my uh, 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 and I don't know really where you'd get that anywhere else. I was set to leave. And no, I was supported. The Safer Spaces place sprung into action, supported me, gave me a psychologist and a beanbag. It was so impressive. The people behind Rising Tide are seriously committed to inclusion. I know that um, one of the people arrested who had serious vision impairment and they was taken through the arrest process and... Again, I don't know many event organisers in any any arena that would take that on. Yeah, I was very, very impressed with the inclusion and the safety of the event. I hear what you say about access requirements, but I, I really think that if someone had reached out, they would have been accommodated. Yeah. I was kind of relieved when yeah. I bumped into someone I knew who also admitted that they have trouble in swirling crowds of people. Yeah. <clears throat> and hadn't actually camped on site. And I I have difficulty with that too, but I found that thinking about health sovereignty that I could use those ideas to kind of guide myself, that if I didn't want to go into a crowded tent, then I didn't have to. I could find quieter spaces. And there was a a chill space provided for people to get away from the intensity of crowds and, and loads of noise and lots of fantastic music. Talk about finding safer spaces. I found the ideal spot under the stage where it's shady so I can't get skin cancer. It's really not too many people around me, in fact nobody, where I could just do my work of monitoring the microphone and the speakers and see everybody. It was just so great. Yeah. The under the stage hideout. The most serene and quiet space I did find was in the middle of the night. Here at the night blockade, the Newcastle blockade at 4am in the morning on Sunday, Sunday the 26th of November.
part of my PTSD is I get overwhelmed really easily. You know, I, I got overwhelmed on the trip there stopping for a hamburger and, you know, and so you can imagine walking into that crowd. I did a training. I did an MVDA training for the event. So I guess it was almost inevitable that I'd become overwhelmed eventually. And I really, really, I am so grateful to the organizers for how well they handled it. And um, even even the follow-up, you know, it was just beautiful. So I think that anybody with a disability or a health condition could be confident to engage with rising tide and you know ask for ask for their requirements to be met and i think that you know they really would be i guess yeah you know i don't know i think that people with disabilities can achieve anything they want to do we talked before about finding a role in these volunteer movements there are so many roles and in that park Mm. there just for three days we create a complete society and Just the role of chatting to people while they're having tea. Quite a lot of people are there on their own or they're there Mm. with a group of people they don't know very well. That's a role, just chatting. Mm. And how much of an asset was that accessible (laughs) unisex toilet as well? You know, Um, that really, really was a godsend. Yeah, there were, you know, there was the regular... um, toilets and showers but a bit closer to the site was a accessible toilet so Mm. um, and it was a really nice clean facility so I made use of that I don't know how um deaf people would go at that event I feel very just very separate from the deaf community and I've been realizing that recently that I don't have yeah any connection with the deaf community Mm. I, I, I guess um like as as we talk, a role is. I, I think I've been looking for a, a bit of a new role. I'm feeling a bit old in the tooth for what I've been doing, <laughs> and um, you know, maybe maybe sort of supporting inclusivity and because it's what I do for paid work. So maybe I could start looking at that on some of the bigger events and try and work with some removing some barriers for people so they can participate. And I, I noticed some feedback on the website, some negative feedback about exploiting people with disabilities, which I find really offensive. I think that, you know, people with disabilities of all sorts of disabilities are able to make their own minds up and not being exploited, they're being included. And um, I think people should be supported to participate if, you know, if they want. And I think they can, they can achieve anything. You know, I, I've done pretty well. I've got a serious physical disability. And, a, and and basically, a, you know, a mental injury. And I do all right with support. So, you know, so I've been preparing for that event for um, a number of months, probably two months, three months. You know, I bought a pedal kayak, which worked really well. Um, you know, that was a way of getting around my disability because it's very hard for me to paddle with one hand. Like at the last event, I had an electric outboard. This event was longer. It went overnight, so I didn't want to use an electric outboard. So I went with the pedals, but unfortunately, the steering modification didn't work very well. And I launched on the first day and it wasn't successful. I went round in a circle and crashed. And um, so I wasn't able. That was very frustrating for me to do that much preparation and financial outlay and for it to fail last minute. 
was disappointing. But again, with the support of the organisation, I managed to still, you know, hitch rides and I found myself marooned on a pontoon in the shipping channel, which wasn't... I wanted to be really in the thick of it, you know, with everyone else in a kayak. That's what I'd planned. I was still in the thick of it, but I wasn't in the big mass of kayaks, which is where I wanted to be. But I still managed to um, disrupt shipping, I feel. so. And I felt, you know, I'd failed and I wasn't able to partake. And that's, I had quite a mental low. There was some stuff as well that pushed me into a bit of an episode and Rising Tide supported me, picked me up. You know, and provided me with like basically, you know, mental health support. And I like mental health is one of the areas where you get the least support. If I turn up at an event displaying my paralyzed arm in a sling and I'll get help um, or support, you know, but my mental health often just gets me labeled as hard to get on with and excluded. So, you know, to be included and to feel that that was understood. Um, was 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 totally brilliant and um you know i'd really like to see more people with disabilities getting involved and be and, in a, and being supported not just getting involved and you know like struggling doing it hard and let's you know let's let's show the world that people with disabilities can take part in the environmental movement that people with disabilities care about the environment and let's show what we can do you know that's what I'd like to say. Right on. Thanks so much, Dee, for again talking with Earth Matters and for embarking on this journey. You've encouraged me to go, and I'm glad that I did. I think that the power lies in mass disruptive action. I've been on, involved with lots of actions that have been small groups of people, but I think if you put 3,000 people behind a message, that's really, really, really so powerful. and. I, I'd like to see everyone included in that, you know, people with disabilities, you know, older people, younger people, everybody, a whole cross-section of the community. You've been listening to Earth Matters. If you'd like to get in touch with the Earth Matters team, you can email us at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page on Earth Matters 3CR Radio. You can find this and all Earth Matters podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash Earth Matters. If you're already listening via a podcast service, why not subscribe? Earth Matters thanks the Community Broadcasting Network for their generous financial contribution. Look out for more from the Earth Matters next week. I'm Beck Horridge. Copy roll.